Welcome to the breakdown on Latte Firm. First, actually, I shouldn't be so negative. Nima, welcome to the breakdown. <laughs> it's really good to be with you. Um, I, I understand that you guys are disappointed, and I think you've got every right as Arsenal fans to be disappointed um, because you got used. You really did. Um, yeah. You got used by by a Serbian agent um, and his entourage. I want to start. But I, I don't. You see, I, as I told you privately, I I blame your sporting director more than anyone. To be honest, right? Um, I feel bad for the Arsenal fans because it was pretty obvious for everyone except to Edu that Vlaovic wasn't going to go to Arsenal, and they used Arsenal's interest to leverage to get Juve to act in January. And I think that's, you know, it, it, that's how that's how that's how it works in this business, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, look, my opening question was going to be, what the actual hell <laughs> were Arsenal okay. doing, and what happened to the Dusan Vlaovic uh, link? So, look, let, let's let before we dive into all of this stuff. So, everybody watching, we're going to do a live breakdown on Alexander Isak. Okay, mm. he's a fascinating player, and Nima has some tremendous insight into him and his playing style. And actually, Nima, to be honest, I'm delighted you're back because when we did the Dusan Vlaovic breakdown. You mentioned on a few occasions that yeah. Alexander Isak was the perfect or better or yeah. superior fit for Arsenal. Yeah. So really glad to have yeah. him back. But yeah. before we do that, and for, for, for people that are watching you maybe for the first time or even, you know, the Latte Firm for the first time, just background to you, your involvement with Italian football, but actually, you know, your, your links to, to Isak as well. Well, I'm an Italian football journalist in the sense that I work with Italian football and have been for about 11 years now. Um, I uh, I started on my own news site uh, about Inter Milan, and then from there, it kind of grew to um, to uh, I started covering Italian football generally for Gianluca Di Marzio in terms of transfer market, but also doing interviews and exclusives for Goal.com and also Football Italia. And now I've got my own podcast called the Italian Football Podcast, which we we do. Um, we do we do we do a breakdown of everything that happens every week, but we also bring on guests, former players, former managers, Roy Hodgson, Sven Goran Eriksson, you know, players. We've had what's De Olofeo on. We've had uh, former players on. We've had all kinds of players on, and 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 uh, and and that's yeah, that's kind of what I do now. I work I work I cover Inter full time, and I cover the league full time with for for our podcast and my own site. So yeah, but I am I am born in Iran. I was raised in Sweden, so Swedish football is something that I grew up watching together with Italian football, obviously, but, you know, living in Sweden, growing up in Sweden, you know, you, you, you know, your own backyard, the best, don't you? <laughs> well, before we go into the, 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 the prodigal talent that is Alexander Isak, I want to go back to what we opened with and, you know, what mm. the actual hell happened with Dusan <laughs> Vlaovic. So there were links Look. and there's, there's a complicated agent story. <clears throat> obviously, Fiorentina hitman. And it just seems Arsenal have been blown out of the water. So t tell us, you know, tell us what, what happened. Look, I, I actually interviewed today um, Nicolò Misul, a good a friend and colleague who is the chief news editor at the biggest Fiorentina news site in Italy, Fiorentina.it. And he pretty much, we, we were publishing that interview tomorrow on the Italian Football Podcast if people want to listen. Um, and the issue is, and, and he pretty much confirmed what my feelings were throughout all of this. Dusan Vlaovic's primary objective throughout the entire process from over a year now has been to go to Juventus. Um, when Juve, when um, Rocco Comiso, the Fiorentina owner, declined a fantastic offer for Vlaovic in the summer from Atletico Madrid, 
he would have been, he would have been open to go to Atletico Madrid, uh, Real Madrid, and Manchester City. But he's also a very professional person. He knows he he could see that they weren't interested in him and they were going elsewhere. And so he saw Juventus as the perfect step. Now, the problem was that you know what what his agents did was tell them tell Fiorentina pretty much and he himself that he was open to extending his contract, which is partly why Fiorentina didn't sell him in the summer that was quite obviously just tactics and and if we're perfectly honest a lie they told because they wanted to to have better leverage going into the last year of his contract which would be in june 2022 this year um if he uh, uh, and and what he wanted i mean his his goal was to stay at fiorentina have a fantastic season there take them back to europe for the first time in forever and then leave for juve now, what happened was, was that Fiorentina understood after he refused to extend his contract that, hang on a minute, we, we, need to, we need to move. We need to do something here. Now, Arsenal have been interested in Vlaovic since October. They've actually made several bids. However, as Nicolò confirmed what I've been suspecting today, he said not only did Vlaovic tell, was very clear, that he's not interested in going to Arsenal the moment he heard about it, his agents refused to sit down and negotiate with Arsenal. Arsenal negotiated with Fiorentina, but the player just wouldn't, and his representatives just weren't having it. So what? They, so instead of going out and de- de- denying and declining things, they wanted to use that, use that in the news media to have Juventus make a move. And once Fiorentina decided that that they were go, that they had to sell him in January, and they set a price tag in the last week of 70 75 million euros then juventus got involved and that's it the rest that's, is that's history. what happened the rest is history and i i mean i can understand that for me my criticism you know i, I th- you know i'm not i think i think i've been incredibly impressed by arsenal this year i think the the signings you made in the summer have all been very interest very good they've been interest they've been, they've been interesting young players who've all done really well um i think arsenal have got a really exciting project i think ed was doing something important there together with arteta although they've been very criticized they're all they're still there i mean the results speak for themselves no one expected arsenal to do this well this season i mean twice this season i've been wowed when watching the premier league once was when Spurs did played against Liverpool, but the other time was actually Arsenal against Man City. That first half, you, I mean, I've I haven't seen City be outplayed like that ever. To be honest, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw them be outclassed that way that they were. That tells me that there is a lot of talent in this young squad. There's they they play a football that is very that is that is Arsenal style. You're sticking to, you know, I grew up, I'm a bit older, I grew up watching George Gray, you know, boring, boring Arsenal, which I preferred, by the way, but that's just personal preference. <laughs> you know, the, the boring 1-0 wins, I love that. But when Wenger came in and changed the identity of the club, that's this is Arsenal's identity, and you're playing according to that. And you've got a very good group of young players who who, who adapt to that and, and are clearly responding to the manager. So I don't want to be too critical of your sporting director, but absolutely, that's something he. This is something he has to own. He has to own this because it was obvious to everyone watching that this whole thing was. They wanted Juve. They really wanted Juve, and they just played this. I mean, they, they played this in 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 their favor. And yes, the agent commission is around. I mean, 
it's not just 75, 70, 75 million euros the transfer is worth. It's also around 20 million euros in commissions to the agent that you are going to have to going to have to pay. Um, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's over. The the dream yeah. of the Disney prince that once was as I, as I came. <laughs> and to be and to be fair to you, Nima, you did mention <clears throat> on a couple of occasions mm. that you felt Dusan's heart and his 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 um, agent's heart it was always Italy and Juventus. You you said you would have been surprised if Arsenal would have landed him. Yeah. And more importantly and more interestingly, perhaps for the viewers and for for this particular feature, you did refer to Alexander Isak as a more suitable option. So let's Absolutely. talk about him, right? Yes. So. I really hope you land him. I really think for him and for Arsenal, this would be a fantastic signing in every in every way possible. Awesome. I really do well, believe well, that. Well, let, I let's really believe that. Let, let's tuck in. <laughs> um, there's well over 100 of you guys watching at the moment, so please do drop a like on this video. Let's smash that up and a subscribe to the channel. So on your screens, as per usual, uh, you should be able to see a white screen entitled The Breakdown. So look, some basic profile information, Nima. We know that he's a centre-forward. He's 22 years of age, and he's Swedish uh, by international mm. uh, background. Uh, surprisingly... I I had no idea. Uh, he's six foot three, sort of similar yeah, height to, guy. to to Dusan Vlaovic. I mean, he doesn't yeah. look it in these images. I tried no. to find one, you know, with him sort of towering over a defender, but he's he's a big guy, predominantly mm. right footed. Um, he's got the most sort of astonishing minutes per goal in that they're not. It's not as prolific as you might think. No. But that's based on this season. There's probably a story behind that. So we'll mm. pick your brains on that. Three hundred and three minutes a goal. Um, and actually last season it was 138 minutes per goal. So yeah. maybe maybe a different role or whatever's happened, but it'd be interesting to pick your brains on that. Um, 25 appearances this season in total, eight goals, two assists, and he's got a long-term contract. So even though there's a release clause, um, Ciciadad probably don't want to sell and there's certainly no pressure to sell. No. Um, before we look at the season and his playing style, Nima, uh, why did you rave so highly about him in the Vlaovic breakdown? And what, you know, tell us about his sort of upbringing and career so far. Well, I mean, Let's start. I mean, he was born in Solna in north in the north of Stockholm, um, which is a suburb in the north of Stockholm, to Eritrean immigrant parents who fled Eritrea uh, due to the political instability that was there. Um, he's played his entire life for, in Sweden from the age of six all the way to the first team for Aiko, the local team in Solna in the north of Stockholm. Um, this kid, since... I mean, when throughout his entire career up until this point, he's always been the youngest. For example, he's the youngest player to ever score a goal for the Swedish national team, for the first team. He was 17 years old and 114 days old in January of 2017 when he broke a 105-year-old record scoring against uh, uh, scoring in that game. He he was he scored 10 goals in the Swedish top flight at the age of 16. Um, um, before that, in November 2015, he, at a youth team uh, game, he scored four goals, and one of the goals was directly off from kickoff, as in from the circle, like straight into goal. Um, he's, I mean, he's the youngest goal scorer ever in I in Aiko's history, um, in terms of for the senior team. He, um, at the age of 16, even I think, if I'm not mistaken. He scored, yeah, in, in, in the Swedish top flight. Um, and, I mean, he at, on his 17th birthday, 
he scored two goals in the Stockholm derby against Juvegården. Now that is like that's the equivalent of scoring for Arsenal against Spurs in on the on your 17th birthday a brace. Like he he's 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 always been this player who um who who always breaks the mold. His movement is exactly it for me. That's why I I said what I said on the Vlaovic breakdown. His movement and his ability to link up is 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 really what makes him unique. Now through the years, you know, he's always been a good goal scorer, and I think some this is the first season where he's kind of struggled with that. And I think it's something that's been going on for quite a bit, uh, but we'll get to that, I guess, and, and why that is. But his ability, and especially for the Swedish national team, together with Emil Forsberg and Dejan Kulusevski, the movement those three have, the positional changes, the link-up play, um, and his ability to hold on to the ball and not lose it, and his technical ability to do his man is genuinely unique. In, in, in Europe. I mean, you look at him, and you saw it in the European Championships. Time and time again, you feel like, oh, he's he's overworked this. No, he hasn't. He just he does three men. It's it's he's it's genuinely astounding to see him do that. And he does so because although he's such a big guy, he has a low center of gravity, which makes that his body masks where he's going to go, and which makes him incredibly difficult to to read. And his technique is exquisite there's lots of questions coming in and i'm going to put mm. put some fire fire some of those at you sort of later in the show um i want to talk about his move from solna and obviously the picture there at dortmund and of course now mm. to dad tell us about the journey that he's had at club level uh why the moves why spain well, and why might he be looking for a move now well i mean that, that's really interesting because he was I'm, I'm thinking when he was he joined Borussia Dortmund um, for eighty for what was eighty five million Swedish crowns. That's two and a half million more than what Zlatan Ibrahimovic went to Ajax for. Um, so he broke the record. He's got the record for the most expensive Swedish transfer, domestic Swedish transfer ever, beating Zlatan's record. Um, he went to um, Borussia Dortmund and he declined Real Madrid whilst doing so. They wanted to sign him. They really, really, really wanted to sign him. But he said no. Um, and he went to, to to Borussia Dortmund. And you have to remember, he was very, very young then. Um, and he was, you know, it was quite um, a challenge. You know, it's, the, the step is huge from going from Oiko and the Swedish top flight, which was ranked 24th, 25th at the time, and going to the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund. And it was going to take time for him to adapt. And he did struggle, but he learned a lot there. And it, and when he was loaned out um, in 2018 or 2019, I can't remember exactly if it was the beginning of that entire season. But, I mean, he scored 13 goals in 16 games for Art, uh, for for, um, uh, for 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 for... Uh, it's a d- Dutch team, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, yeah. He scored, I mean, he, he, he's, he's the first player to ever score three penalty kicks in a game. In, in the Eredivisie, he um, he he scored. He was the first non-Dutch player, if I'm not mistaken, um, to score 12 goals in his 12 first league games in the Eredivisie. So you know he kind of reignited his career doing that. And then obviously when he when he showed that he could you know he could bounce back off a difficult period, 
more, you know, Real Sociedad came knocking and they signed him for only seven, eight million euros. But obviously Borussia Dortmund had a buyback clause at around 30 million euros. And then he started, he continued that um, in, um, um, in, in, in Spain where, I mean, he was the first Swedish player since 1949 to score a hat-trick in the La Liga. He equaled John Aldridge and Darko Kovacevic's record, club record of six goals in six in his first six league games. Um, uh, he he beat Zlatan Ibrahimovic's record by scoring 17 league goals. Ibrahimovic scored 16 for that Barcelona side, but he did it for Osasuna, 17 goals. So I mean, the guy knows how to score goals. Um, there's no so, doubt about that. So, so why the dip this season? Um, mm. You know, when I look at the stats last year, 139 minutes for each goal this season, drastically different. Is it a different system style? I don't know much about sort of Spanish football, so forgive me for no, that and everybody watching. No, no, no. But, but, but has something changed drastically in his game or his team's fortunes? I think when I look at it, I think it's a confidence issue more than anything. And it's something that's been going on for quite a while. I think he, before when he used to score easily, it looked so natural, his body movement, his finishing. He didn't think too much about it. But that, but it's as if now he overthinks in the finishing phase. Everything else in the build-up and the link-up, it looks fantastic. It just look, looks easy. It just looks so simple, um, effortless. But when he gets into those chances, into those areas, uh, when he's going to finish, it feels like he overthinks and maybe overdoes it in the sense that his... The, the finishes aren't relaxed. They are, it, it feels like he goes for power a little bit, or he, he tries to, you know, do you know what I mean? Like he overthinks yeah. things. He overwork he overworks things. Uh, Tabo Ruiz was asking a question earlier. Sorry to cut in there, Nima. I saw it in the comments, but can he be taught to be more clinical? Yeah, I mean, you talk I about his, so. his perhaps um, over eagerness to try and sort of net and he's maybe not playing on instinct, but playing more on, you know, trying too hard, you know, making something simple, quite difficult because he perhaps puts more pressure under himself is that something that could be coached i think so i think uh, for me it's more i mean again he's only 22 years old and we've seen this before what that and this isn't really a dip because he's become so important he's developed his his link up and build up game um i mean we saw with martin erdegord who's now at arsenal what they did together when they played together they were they were fantastic um they were at some stages. They, a lot of people were thinking in Spain they could actually win the league, which is crazy. Uh, if you're not Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, and Barcelona, um, this you know the, these young players. So I mean, he he. I think so. I, I don't think it's a it's a. I don't think it's a technical problem. I, I honestly think it's more of a. Uh, it's it's a confidence issue. I think it's more got to do with that, and and you see it in the Swedish national team as well that he overthinks situations a little bit too much. And it's kind of become a mental thing more than anything. And I think that is something that you just got to, you know, as any striker always says, I mean, it's just one of those things when you, when you're in the zone, you can be, you, you just can't miss. But when you're out of that goal scoring zone, it's, you just overwork things, you overthink things. Um, I think it's more. I think one thing has led to another. I think it's one one of those things where he's overthinking, and so he's overworking, and then one thing becomes like one of those you know negative spiral. But I, I honestly don't see an issue here, especially given that his overall play is is has been really really good. So many of the traits that you've mentioned in Alexander Isak's playing style 
a reminiscent in my mind of a young Thierry Henry. And that's a massive, massive comparison. Mm. I don't want to make that comparison. No. The reason why I, I name dropped Thierry is because there's a very popular clip going around of Isak talking about Henry in an interview saying, you know, he's my inspiration or whatever. Mm. Um, but in terms of playing style, when Henry obviously came over to, to England from Juventus, you know, we stuck him out wide, you know, Arsene Wenger developed him into this monster of a centre forward, but, <laughs> you know, lacking confidence and it, are there similarities in terms of style, but also scenario? I think in terms of that, the when Alexander Isak is in form, when he, when you know, Henri had this aura about him that was unstoppable when he was in form. Um, that that he would score from anywhere. I don't think Alexander Isak has that. To me, if we're going to make a Thierry Henry uh, comparison, I think AC Milan's Rafael Leao is much more similar in that style. For me, I would say Alexander Isak's the, the, the what what I was taken completely blown away by uh, when he was sixteen was how incredibly what a fantastic read of the game he he had in the sense that not only read, but knowing when to run, the timing of his movement was was impeccable at 16. And that, to me, reminded me of someone like Diego Milito when he was at his best. Because Diego Milito was not the best dribbler, was not the best header, wasn't the best shooter, but he could sniff out a goal-scoring chance because he was so intelligent and could read the game and his timing. For me, Alexander Isak shares that trait with someone like Milito and his movement... Uh, and technique is right up there with someone like Lautaro Martinez at Inter, but he's much more prolific than Lautaro Martinez uh, in term because Lautaro Martinez is also someone who I think overthinks things in 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 situations. But whereas whereas Lautaro has never really been a goal scorer, Ale, Isak is a goal scorer. He really is, but he's a goal scorer that can do so much more. Well, let's look. Let's talk about the so much more. So, on your screen is now player profiles. You, you, these are courtesy of Oh That Crab, uh, who is fabulous at providing these sorts of charts. So, the first chart, uh, both charts show three traits to a player's game the red zone is defending, the blue stuff is what they do in attacking, and the gray stuff is possession. Now, the first chart is for 21 22. And the second chart is for last season. I wanted to include both because there seems to be, mm. like you talk about this dip, you know, the confidence issue. Yeah. What strikes me from the second picture, so the right-hand side, are the numbers in that attacking zone. You know, his non-penalty XG, mm. uh, his, you know, expected XG per shot. I mean, they are high compared to... Yeah, very fans. high. Yeah, I mean, compared compared to the to, to the other forwards in Europe's top five leagues. And then you look at possession. I mean, he's, he's a very, very tidy player on the ball. And you'll talk oh, yeah. about him, you know, sort of... In, in the uh, do sound breakdown, you mentioned about him, you know, being fluid, moving across the forward line, drifting out wide, you know, to the exterior, playing in the interior. Like he's very, very comfortable at drifting and he's very, very comfortable, you know, on the ball. And and I, I wonder again what sort of changed this season. But is that a fair way to describe him? Like, you know, do, do some of these stats sort of surprise you? No, I think that's exactly what I mean. Last the one on the right, which is last season, that's exactly where I see it. And this season, I agree. Um, I, I think I didn't know about the, um, it's, it's interesting to see that he's also, um, that, that the successful pressure and pressure has gone down this season as well. That suggests, I, I, I didn't see, I had no idea about that. Um, that suggests to me that Sociedad are maybe using him a little bit differently because he likes to press and he likes to be involved a lot. And the fact that he doesn't, 
that he's not as successful in that this season, that that that's that's interesting to me. That is very interesting to me. I didn't know that. That's a really interesting stat. And I think those are kind of connected. I think it's more. I, I think those are connected because again, I think you know he is a player who wants to be involved a lot, and the more he has, the the more of the ball he has, the more comfortable he is with it. And he's a, like you said, a very tidy player. He's extremely technical. You can't get that ball off him when he when he starts. Like he, it's just it looks ridiculous because because again because of his body and he looks. I mean, he doesn't. He's not a like I I spoke about on the Vlaovic thing about what a physical presence. Isak isn't. He doesn't look like exactly like a bodybuilder, does he? I mean, he looks like pretty skinny, but you just he's strong. I remember at 16, 17, when he was doing it in the Swedish league, going up against players that looked twice his size. They not only couldn't get the ball off him, they couldn't they couldn't get near him physically. He's very, very strong, even though he might not look it. Well, you can see the dribbles completed. He's high, he's high up there again. Mm. I mean, when he's on the ball, is is he quick? Is he pacey? Is he is oh, he or, or is yes. he just is he just really good at, at keeping possession? Both. That that's the thing that's so interesting with this kid. That's what makes him so exciting. And that's what I that's another aspect that everyone was so excited about this kid when he came up was that he's actually pretty quick as well. Like he does things. He does these technical things in, in in a rather fast pace, which is really difficult. Um, and no, I I I, I think um, the, the, I think this year is a little bit of an outlier. Um, and I'm not sure. Not having watched these stats, you make me doubt whether if it's also a tactical issue more than that they don't want him to. That they want him more to be a poacher, which I think is a waste. For yeah. Sweden, it's not like that. In Sweden, Jan Andersson. I mean, he wants Kulusevski, um, Foshbay, and and it's like they're the front three. They build, like they, he wants them three to link up, and and all everything creative that Sweden does comes from those three. And man, does it look good when they when they link up. I mean, it's, it's I mean, Emil Foshbay had an amazing um, European Championship goal wise because of the other two just being complete pain in the ass for the for the defenses and creating space for him. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to put last season and this season because the like I you know referred to the minutes per goal, <clears throat> there was such a huge um, change from that that I I just assumed that it must have been a systematic change or mm. some you know perhaps a, a role change. Um, moving away from these charts, if we go on to some shot maps that you can see, I wanted to ask you about his his um, you know his playing style when he when he gets the ball. Is he is he shoot on sight? Is he very much a, a penalty area, penalty area sort of shooter? You can see there for everybody watching. Yeah. That's his shot map from last season, so an entire mm. season. Uh, that the, the the bigger the circle, uh, the higher the xG, and of course uh, the yellower the goals. So mm. um, you know it looks like he's got a, a fairly you know widespread representation of shots from inside the box he likes to shoot yeah. outside the box is that fair i think that's very fair um and he um yeah no he he likes to uh, the, the, this is so interesting to compare to to see that uh, i don't know if there is a there there is a stat to see how many ball touches per per shot in the penalty area because i think this 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 to me represents last season really well because he used to shoot on sight now I feel that, and after the Euros especially, I feel like he takes a little bit, like I said, he overworks. He won too many touches. Um, but I think this is a really, this is this is pretty much who he is in terms of scoring and, and, and finishing in the penalty area. Absolutely. It, what's he like in the air? Because obviously, look, six foot three. I mean, we talked about Dusan He's being... Good. 
being aerially, uh, you know, an area that, that he can improve on. But but what's Isak like? Uh, no, Isak is air? better in the air. Isak is better in the air uh, than than Vlaovic for sure. Uh, Vlaovic <laughs> is a killer in the penalty area. I mean, if 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 there's if that's if 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 it was eighty shots for Vlaovic, I think something like sixty of those yellow dots, sixty of those dots would be yellow. Like he, he he's a he's a killer in the box. Isak isn't that yet. He's everything else, but he's not that yet. And this season, I think, as we've already discussed, he's he struggled a little bit in that aspect for various reasons. But there is a. I mean, if he the only. I mean, the way I look at it is this: if Alexander Isak just. I mean, if he scores more goals, we're talking top three, top five in the world. Like, because he has everything else, he really does. And I mean, in the Euros, we saw he was so unlucky hitting the post and bar. I mean, these kind of things, they kind of, you know, when you, when you, it kind of wears down the striker psychologically as well, doesn't it? When, when it, when they like, oh, you hit the post again, you hit the bar again and stuff like yeah. that. So I think, I think it's, I, I, I think it's a combination of things. And I, and I think it started in the European Championships where he was fantastic, but it was, but he didn't score. I'm just thinking, is, is Arsenal. And is Arteta the right place for him to develop that confidence? I mean, there's been a few questions about his physical build, you know, coming to the Premier League, moving to England. Oh, that won't be a problem. No? (laughs) Tell us more. No, no, no. He's he's strong. Again, as I said, he doesn't look like a strong guy, but he is strong. Um, I've seen him go up against people who are three times his size at times physically, who, I mean, in the European Championships, I saw... Inter defender Milan Skriniar go up against him, and he pulled down Skriniar's pants. Like it was, it was, it was, in, it was just like it was crazy to see. The, and and physically as well, when they tried to like hit him hard, he he it doesn't it doesn't hurt him because he's so well built. He's got such a good physique that it the physical aspect will not be an would not be an issue at all. I don't worry about it, about that at all. For me, it's more, um, and the intensity just suits him as well because he is a high intensity player. Um, no, I, I keep. I mean, the more I look at this and the more stats you show me, the more I'm thinking, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know, it's like I don't understand <laughs> what you're waiting for because he's 22 years old. He's got resale value. He already works with Erdegaard as well. We know they work well together, so. All, all all signs and, and and roads lead to Arsenal. Uh, final few sort of maps. Uh, here's his progressive carries and dribbles from last season. So for anybody who's not familiar with this, progressive carries are the red arrow. So that's where he's carrying the ball at his feet. And dribbles um, are obviously where he's attempting a dribble and the stars are the successful ones. You can see that there's a slightly sort of deep cluster to the left side. Is that mm. his natural position? He likes to sort of go out there and... I mean, he, he loves he loves to carry the ball. Uh, yeah. you know, is yeah. is he a dribbler? Is he is he yes. is he skills and tricks, or is he just rapid, fast, and strong? No, he's a dribbler and he's technical, and he likes to to to. Uh, th- th- I think that's that's very fair for the Swedish national team, for example. When he goes out to the left and does that and drives the ball, that's when Emil Forsberg cuts in to centrally, or when Kulusevski cuts in from the other side. So that's I think this is a this is an absolute fair representation of what he is and how he plays. He likes to drift out to the left and you know and carry the ball and into cut into the middle and play off of someone or play into someone into space. Absolutely, yes. And and so how would he fit then with let's imagine we've got Martinelli out wide on the left, 
Saka out on the right and Erdegaard sort of floating as that attacking midfielder or potentially Emil Smith-Rowe. I mean, mm. if he likes to drift and he can be fluid in all positions and he likes to go out to the exterior, is he is he a number nine? Is he a target man? Can he link up play? Like, what, what's that side of his game like? No, he is a link-up man for sure because that not not only I mean that's the thing he's pretty complete in the sense that he's good at he's actually pretty good at holding up the ball. Um, he's very good at linking up. I mean, again with these ball ball progressions, uh, progressive carries, a lot of the time he dribbles, he passes in, and he continues the run into the box. Um, so it's and and also for Sociedad, if you see that, you should especially last season you saw a lot of that. Where he, um, where where he, it's it's a lot of one twos. Yeah. He does his man. It's a lot of one twos, one touch, one twos, and and that's that's modern football. And and he's good at that. He's very good at that. And that's something that you can see Arteta loves from you know your Smith Rowe, your exactly. give and go, your secondary runs into the box. We see a lot of that. I want to finish off uh, this particular segment of the feature by looking at comparison sort of heat maps, courtesy of SofaScore. You can see for the last three seasons, you know, Alex Isak there is no defined sort of position on the pitch for him. He does drop deep. He does go out left. It probably fancies that left side, but can play quite high up. Lacazette, the comparison, because he's our, he's our, you know, existing centre forward. And, and actually Lacazette's heat map has surprised me somewhat. Mm. And Vlaovic, who's, you know, very yeah, much your central, central guy. He's a central. <laughs> in the box. Um, he's a classic number nine, Vlaovic, <laughs> isn't he? I mean, it's just, he is a, he's a number nine, classic centre tank kind of, or, you know, gung-ho goal player I, I, I was gonna ask you i mean look i mean you've you've <coughs> described him in a way where look he's intelligent he's he's very good on the ball he's got a finesse about him he loves to float he can beat a man he's quick he's aerially pretty good he can be clinical we've seen that last season there might be a different role or a different system this season but what are his weaknesses i mean what are the things that you think he's not so good at what what challenges might you find if you were to join arsenal and play in the premier league I think, um, as always with young players, it's that they learn. They they have to learn from experience, uh, not to let a miss kind of weigh them down. You know, they need that routine. Um, you miss one, well, you, you can't let that you know worry in the back of your mind. I think that's a little bit what we're seeing this season. I think he, like all young players, he can improve every aspect of his game. But in terms of the raw talent, I think he's got everything. I really do. He's he's fast. He's difficult to mark. He's very fluid, natural on natural with the ball. Te- the technique is outstanding. Um, it's 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 just. An, I think he has to work on his mentality. I think one thing that Dusan Vlaovic has, which I think Alexander Isak doesn't, is a is a is is the maturity as a as a, as a character and how you treat your career. Um, in the sense that Dusan Vlaovic is 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 all about like he every every aspect of his life is about how he can improve and score more goals. I think Alexander Isak needs to maybe um, that that kind of almost obsession that someone like Zlatan Ibrahimovic has, and that's why he's playing until he's forty. You know that kind of level of obsession because the talent is there. There's no doubt about that, and. I think Arsenal would be the perfect step because Arsenal are, it's a big club, but it's a sleeping beauty. It's a club where the past 10 years maybe have not been the results that Arsenal fans deserve and the history of the club deserves. Um, 
And I think now, given the foundation that you've got there, you're kind of lifting to that. You, you want to get back to where you belong. And it's a little bit like when Wenger took all these young players and nobody knew who they were and they kind of exploded at Arsenal. I think I'm starting to see with no, you know, other comparisons between Wenger and Arteta and this Arsenal and that Arteta, that Arsenal. It's, it's starting to look a little bit like it did then that you're laying the foundations for something very, very interesting. I, th I think Arsenal and Milan in terms of the young players they've got, they've got something that these are these two these two projects are some two of the most interesting projects in Europe, together with Ajax. You know, you you, you when you mentioned Arsene Wenger, I was just thinking Isak sounds like such a Wenger player. Like imagine yes. Wenger at his peak, Oof. signing a player like this and turning him into. And I hate to compare him again, but you know Thierry Henry. You're getting a lot of love in the comments. People oh, are so so pleased to see you back on back on the phone, <laughs> which you. is great. Also, people are big. On, our, on Isak. Jason J, we are officially all in on Isak. <laughs> um, Abel Fuzzy, sorry if I've completely ruined your name. Big up Nima. Um, uh, Cy Walder, I want one. Presumably you're talking about Isak and, and, and not Nima and certainly not me. VV <laughs> um, uh, Rath, oh yes, I'm excited again. And uh, and the comments just go on and on. Um, no, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm, I've watched, when I watched Arsenal play against Man City and I, and I watched how you're, you know, you've had a lot of drama as well with Aubameyang and all that, and and I'm looking and and I and I and the more I think about like it just makes sense, and I and I look at how you play, and you know that like you said, Arteta wants to have a number nine who can drift out wide, who can link up, who can carry the ball, pass it in, dribble, link up one two, and finish or put someone else into a position. And I'm thinking, I, I just don't see who else that who else that would be. I mean, I love, for example, Canadian striker David. Jonathan David. I mean, but he's more of a finisher to me than Isak, and he's not as technical and and a ball carrier and, and progressive ball movements and all that. He's he's a killer. Obviously, he's 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 much more quicker as well. He's not like Vlaovic, uh, the different kind of Vlaovic is a tank. David is more of a of a you know different kind of striker. And I really rate the Jonathan David a lot. But for me, when I look at the kind of football that Arsenal want to play and the kind of football that Arteta wants to play, I I just don't understand why they're not moving heaven and earth to sign Alexander Isak. And especially with Erdegaard there as well, Erdegaard there as well. It's just those two, it's a show. I mean, go back and watch when they when they're in form. They can. It's. It's. I mean. It's beautiful to watch the way those two play play off of each other, and someone with Saka's pace, and who's also a young player, an Arsenal player. I think you know it would just. It would. It would be so interesting to watch that. Harry Hicks asks the golden question: uh, Is a summer move likely for him? It, <clears throat> it appears he's unwilling to leave to see a dad in January. Yeah. He's got a huge release clause. I suppose I want to elaborate on that further, Nima. Is it going to happen? What's it going to take, and when do you uh, think it might happen? Summer in the summer, in the summer. Okay. He's not. He doesn't look in Italy. There's a saying that I think sums the January transfer market up really well. They call it the mercato dei contorni, which it means the market of the condiments, not the main course, but the condiments. You don't buy the main course in January. You buy the the sauce or the salads <laughs> to the side dish, but the main ingredients for the dish you buy in in in, in the summer. And all the big players rarely want to move unless it's a Vlaovic to Juve situation where you're making a giant leap. He's he I, I don't see him coming to 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 the EPL is such a big change. Uh, 
for him, especially with where he's at with Sociedad and where they are in the table and, you know, what, how things look. I, I think he wants to complete that season and then have a proper decision regarding his future. So I think I, I really don't see him moving. But having said that, I mean, if you were to break the bank, <laughs> then sure. But I, I don't think you are. And I, and I don't think you will do that. But another player you're being that I saw that you're being linked, in, linked with in Italy today was Victor Ossiman, who, I mean, that is, in my opinion, the best number nine in the Serie A. I mean, he, he, is, really? he has everything. Well, Harish is asking, you know, do you, you know, blow the money on Isak or do you go for Ossiman? Tell us about him briefly. You know, what, oh, Victor, what... Victor, Victor Ossiman has no weaknesses. He has no weaknesses. He can score from every position. He His link-up play, he's, incre- he's strong, he's fast, he's technical, he's great finishing. He's worked on the some of the nonsense that was on the sidelines, a little bit, a bit of a sideshow and, and immaturity. He's completely... You know, worked worked all of that away. For me, it, this I, I've said it, and I don't care if he's not scored any that many goals because, for me, he is he is he's the best number nine in the city. Yeah, and I include, and I'm counting in Vlaovic in that. He's better than Vlaovic. Uh, I understand that question. For me, it's one of those two. It's either Isak or, or Osiman. But the thing is, Alexander Isak plays for Real Sociedad, and you can actually get him. You've never dealt with Napoli owner Aurelio De Laurentiis. Um, it's easier and preferable to pass a bag full of ping-pong-sized kidney stones than to deal with Aurelio De Laurentiis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you if Vlahovic drove you crazy, you have no idea what you're in store for if you're going to do business with that man. I mean, this is a guy that not even Juventus can bully in Italy to buy. When they got Gonzalo Higuain, they just paid his his release fee clause because they know nobody messes with Aurelio De Laurentiis. Do you know, it's it's funny you say that, Nima, because there (coughs) is a sense of fatigue across the Arsenal fan base. You know, I think the general reaction after this Vlaovic saga, uh, and it absolutely has been a saga, has been... I just don't want to deal with an Italian club ever again or Italian footballs or players or agents based. In no, no, I, I get that. I get that. But then you don't go after, then you don't go to like the last level boss of pain in the ass, Italian presidents when you're trying to buy their players. Like I this know. guy is, if, if, if he wants, if he's decided that he's going to get 110 million euros for one player, hell, heaven, God himself, it doesn't, he'd rather bench that player until his contract is out which he has done by the way unless he like you do not mess with Aurelio de la Rentis. it's just simple as that so you're not going to be able to unless you pay him to the penny what he wants in the format he wants in every way that he and then you have to deal with the agents so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no that is not but i do think um, and this is something me and my colleague on the Italian football podcast, Carlo, we're, we're, we, we've been saying for about a year, we th- we're, we're 100% positive that Victor Osiman will play in the Premier League and that he's the next £100 million player to leave the Serie A to go to the Premier Gosh. League. There's no doubt about that. He is, abs- I mean, the talent is there. And I, I just hope that Napoli get to keep him in the Serie A, gets to keep him for as long as we can because he's an absolute joy to watch. Um, but and yes, if you if you've got 110 million pounds lying about, then sure, go after Osiman because then that's the only way 
you know, Aurelio De Laurentiis will accept it. But if you go in there with this, be, you know, 70 million plus add-on, he'll just, he'll no, he'll just laugh at you and, and, and that'll be it. And and, he, and everything you do, he'll, because he, he, you cannot change that man's mind. Like, again, not even Juve in Italy can, can could bully this man. <laughs> No one can like he's he is he is just he's De Laurentiis and and you got to hand it to him. Look what he's done with with Napoli. Napoli are the only club, one of the few clubs that have systematic every single year of his ownership have turned a profit. That's unique in European football, not just in Italian football. That's unique in a in a European global context. Every single year, barring the pandemic, of course, Napoli turned a profit. He he doesn't care. And, and and he's successful. He's turned them into a top side. I mean, you can't you can't say anything. Well, let's wait and see, Mikel. If you're watching, Osimhen might be your man. Now, uh, uh, one question that's been repeated a few times in the chat, Nima, nothing to do with Isak or or Osimhen or even Vlaovic, but is about uh, Skamacha. Is that how you pronounce Scamacca. his name? So, Gianluca Skamacha. Okay, my apologies, uh, Gianluca. Mm. I know you're watching as well. Uh, Max Thomas <laughs> asks, Nima, what's your opinion on him? Does he look like a decent option? Um, I don't think that he's a decent option for Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, not now. Not yet. He's very, he's very young. For me, I this is look. Italian football has had a number nine issue uh, in the in the sense that they've had a number nine problem for the national team. That is, in uh, in the sense that um, Ciro Immobile is a fantastic goal scorer. Score, scores for fun, but he's not uh, a modern number nine in a four three three kind of with the number that number nine role that 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 modern number nine is but Skamaka is for me i i i've watched him a bit and a lot and i think this is this kid is the real deal he is italy's next future number nine like finally italy have a have have a number nine for the future that they can build build their hopes around um in this 433 system um which Roberto Mancini wants to play, um, and 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 that that's how most teams play. They play like in that, that kind of a number nine. He's a strong player. He's he's good at linking up. He's very technical. I mean, the, the Italian press has they dubbed, dubbed him. Some parts of the Italian press have dubbed him the Italian Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like that kind of player. I don't see him leaving um, Italy in the summer. So, and I think it would be it would be the wrong move for him too. It would be too much too soon in terms of change, going from the Serie A to the Premier League for a player like Skamaka, who has a history of, you know, he grew up with his mum and sister who are very close to him, and he's got a father and a grandfather who are somewhat dodgy. His father was arrested trying to break into Roma's training camp, training sorry training ground because he felt he was owed money for Scamacca because I mean is and his grandfather was somewhat dodgy as well I mean so it's he's a very sensitive lad and 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 he I think a move away from that from from his mum and his as his, his girlfriend and and his sister and that would be too much too 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 shocking for the system um I think it would be a waste for Arsenal and for him Fair enough. Uh, Nima, I have to end this with some comments that have been coming in for you. I mean, look, I'm loving Nima's <laughs> analogies. That's from Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Um, Shadow says, big Thank up, you. Nima. Uh, Mesut Pezzet, I love the way this guy's analysing football. Bold. Thank you. Uh, Joseph, uh, should have told me to wear a bib, that description of <laughs> Isak. Brilliant. 
Um, Fraser, who's, who's a long <laughs> fan of the channel, love oh, a bit of Nima. I'm blushing. And this blushing. is the one, that, this is the one that's tickled me a lot. And yeah, thanks a lot. You know, Amorno Randolph. Whenever I listen oh, to this guy, wow. this guest breakdown stuff, I see something special. He's going to be a top you. sports commentator, presumably. Thank you. Oh, I'm uh, blushing. <laughs> and Christian, no, how am I late to this? Uh, well, look, it's available on YouTube, as you know. We had uh, well over 300 towards the end of that watching us live. Mm -hmm. So very, very grateful for everybody for joining in. Look, I don't know where I stand with Isak in that. I don't know where, um, you know, if Arsenal are going to go for him. The way you've described him uh, supplemented what little I kind of knew of him and his playing style. And of course, you've, you've mentioned him in the Dusan Vlaovic breakdown in the past. Uh, I think in conclusion, look, if he's an intelligent player who is good on the ball and likes to be versatile across the forward three, young in profile, taller than I thought and better in the air than I thought he would be you know if he's got confidence issues or if he's just working on his game that's something that I feel that yeah. he can develop at Arsenal I think there's a lot there to be working with and if it's 70 million euros or whatever it is the release clause um you know in this day and age you want to buy a top player you want to buy a, a player of that sort of profile that's the sort of fee you're going to have to pay and exactly and that's, that's I mean that's I never get into I the I never go into the transfer fees because Look, at the end of the day, it's a completely unregulated market, meaning it's a, it's a, there's no logic really, because a transfer, a player's only worth what the selling club is willing to accept and the buying club is willing to pay. There's no logic to it. You can make deals, of course, if you can, if you can negotiate down prices and that. But at the end of the day, there's not really much logic to it. I mean, you can buy one player for 100 million, who turns out to be crap. And then you, you're like thinking, how the hell, you know, it was that possible. I mean, how did Harry Maguire go for that fee, for example? Um, and then you have someone someone else you buy and you're thinking, wow, how, um, you know, that was so cheap. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it, it, it's what it costs. It, it, this it's, it's football. I mean, top, top modern football is just a, it, this is, these are the prices. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And, and again, you're buying a, 22 you're not buying a 30 year old here you're buying a 22 year old that means you have resale value he has resale value if you want to make that money if you want to make that back um which is why which is which is a route that arsenal are clearly on because these guys also command less wages they're also hungry um they want to win they have they have a point to prove and together i think as a character i think he would suit arsenal to a T. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not saying this because, uh, because of the Swedish link. I don't even really support the Swedish national team. I support Iran, by the way, we play tomorrow. We can secure the world cup 3 30 PM <laughs> <laughs> European time against <laughs> Iraq. Thank you. Oh, no, I, a, I mean, that's a, so, that's a tie. <laughs> yeah, that's a tie. No, but seriously, someone like Dejan Kulusevsky, someone like Alexander Isak, you know, the, the way these players, th these young, the, the way they link up, if you were to sign those kinds of players, you would, you would be incredibly unpredictable on the pitch. You would have a very dynamic and, and a very interesting attack. And you'd also have young players who have resale value. Well, I think that is that. So let's watch this space, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, like I said, hundreds of you have tuned in, maybe over a couple of thousand actually over, over, over this evening's show. Uh, please drop a like on the video and a subscribe to the channel. It's greatly appreciated. And leave your comments below. Should we be signing Alexander Isak? Seems like a bit of a no-brainer to me. Nima, thank you very much once again for your insight. 
and good luck tomorrow to Iran. Uh, do you Thank speak you. Farsi, by the way? Is that, yes, is that yes, yeah, 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 fluent? Yes, okay, you're a man yeah. of many talents. Um, <laughs> Lima's contact details are all in the description. Follow him on Twitter, get involved, and get your comments below. Until next time, guys, see you very soon. 